Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. In our last session, we concluded our discussion of Bob Monroe, and today we'll talk about Bruce Mowen, who transitioned to spirit just a little bit over five years ago. One of the most remarkable advanced programs introduced at the Monroe Institute is called Lifeline. People who have attended a gateway program, that's the initial one, they can complete this one, which is geared toward developing the ability to help people who have died but don't realize it and get stuck in one of those rings that Monroe traveled through. Participants try to get the attention of these poor souls who may have been in an accident, in war, died suddenly, had certain religious beliefs, or for some other reason either refused or couldn't acknowledge that they were dead. If the participant can get the dead person's attention, the next step is to make them realize they're no longer in physical form, then lead them to what's called Focus 27, a park-like setting, where they are escorted and attended to by spiritual guides who know how to acclimate them and help them get adjusted. Now, often in Focus 27, they will be met by souls of actual relatives and friends or by guides taking on the form of relatives and friends to make them comfortable and secure as they begin to make the transition to understanding that they're no longer in the physical, but still very much alive with a lot of work ahead of them as they continue to grow personally. Now, one of the most uh, talented and active retrievers of these lost souls uh, was Bruce Mowen. I was privileged to spend a number of Tuesday night uh, dream group sessions with Bruce during 1998. In Voyages into the Unknown, the first of three or four books in his Exploring the Afterlife series, Bruce shares with us what he experienced in the Gateway and Lifeline programs. And he takes us through the sometimes comical, sometimes sad, but always touching experiences he had as he retrieved various souls and escorted them to Focus 27, usually with the help of guides and a living friend of his that he called Rebecca. His experiences immediately after the Oklahoma City bombing are particularly heartrending, as is his story about Benji, a small boy waiting expectantly for his parents. He'd been taught carefully never to speak to strangers, and so he resisted attempts on Bruce's part to contact him and lead him to Focus 27. In addition to his retrieval activity, Bruce also tells us about some of his out-of-body travels taken for other purposes. There is, for example, an interesting and instructive account of how he attempts to help a friend who is surrounded by negative energy. Particularly significant is an out-of-body voyage where he traced a single-strand energy cord from a humanoid figure, seemingly for many thousands of miles, as it gradually takes on more strands and becomes a multi-stranded cable and then splits into many fine filaments, each filament connecting to a different point on a large sphere. 
At each of those points is a personality. And Bruce learns that the personality on the sphere can follow the cable to the humanoid figure, and in doing so, he can experience, be expressed in, and affect Earth reality. Now, the obvious implication is that each individual is connected to some others, and to still more in a growing number, until we are all part of a bigger entity, in this case represented by the disk. As such, it bears a startling resemblance to the bigger nature of ourselves that was experienced by Bob Monroe, and as explained by the entity Seth, whose teaching will, teachings we'll address in a future episode. It also relates to Frederick Myers' after-death ability to build up images of himself and control them from a vast distance. Now, Bruce's theme throughout his book is that he's just an ordinary human being whose curiosity about human existence beyond death <clears throat> led him to develop some abilities and have some extraordinary experiences, but no more so than anyone else can. The only difference between him and the rest of us, he says, is that his curiosity has already led him to explore and know what lies beyond death in the afterlife. In his second book of the series, A Voyage Beyond Doubt, he tells about shared alternate realities, where he and another person or persons will, either in the dream state or in the waking state but with altered consciousness, <clears throat> they will all experience the same places, events, and objects. This included magic carpet rides he took with his children while they were sleeping. I personally experienced that briefly when all of us went to the top of a very high mountain. Uh, anyway, he also shares more instances of helping people who have died to move on, of checking in on spirits who were in various stages of recuperation after death, and of interacting with and sending on their way spirits who are still hanging around the earth plane, you could call them ghosts, helping neither themselves nor anyone else. There was one gripping incident where a woman was plagued by a threatening, quote, ghost, and Bruce helped her get rid of him via a phone call. Now, with respect to soul rescue, or helping people move on after death, as Bruce does, or did, it is highly significant to note the remark of one of the guides with whom he worked. The guide remarked their task would be a lot easier, and there would be far fewer souls in need of rescue if the belief systems on earth were changed. I'll repeat that. If the belief systems on earth were changed. Now you might recall, Betty White said the same thing back in the 1930s. And changing belief systems is one of the main purposes of this podcast. There are two particularly significant stories in Bruce's second book. One relates to the senseless murder of a fellow during a robbery in a restaurant. Bruce was told by a friend that eight months after his death, his widow was having a hard time accepting his death and moving on. Well, Bruce traveled with his consciousness to a different time when the murdered man and his wife shared another lifetime as man and wife. In that lifetime, the man had gone off to war, was killed, and never returned home. But the widow refused to accept that he was dead. Again, in this lifetime, the pattern was being repeated. Part of the problem was that the spirit of the murdered man was staying around the widow, trying to console her, but was unintentionally hindering her ability to move on. 
Now, Bruce assisted in helping the spirit of the man understand that he needed to move on. The widow was eventually able to move past her grief and get on with life. The story has a surprise happy ending that verifies Bruce had indeed made contact with this man's spirit and passed along his message correctly to his family. Now, another story which is especially significant for all of us who have ever wondered about hell, which is most of us, is that of Max and his personal hell. In life, Max, a psychotherapist, had taken particularly, uh, particular delight in pitting two people against each other. First, he'd find their biggest fears and vulnerable points and feed poisonous information about each one to the other. He'd arrange a meeting between the two, then sit back and watch the fireworks, enjoying their emotional pain. Well, in death... He was experiencing a hell of his own making, where his spirit lived in an environment in which every single individual was just like he was, constantly scheming to set others up in confrontations that would cause them a lot of emotional pain. Only in this world, Max was just as often the victim as the perpetrator. Now, Bruce explained, <coughs> explained that Max's hell... Uh, was in Focus 25, as uh, defined by Bob Monroe, also called the Belief System Territories, containing countless illusionary worlds suited to the beliefs of the souls that inhabit them. Max's hell is a reality he was attracted to because of his set of beliefs. It was Bruce's understanding that there's a, a place in Focus 25 that matches every set of beliefs held by humans going back to the distant past. Apparently, when Max decides to change the beliefs that are holding him there, he's free to leave. It's an exercise of his free will to stay or leave as he pleases. So much for a brief discussion of hell. In, this second, in his second book, uh, Bruce related how he finally became convinced that his experiences were valid after getting feedback from living people that the information he'd picked up from a spirit was indeed accurate. Uh, even though he'd misinterpreted it sometimes. He also passes along an electromagnetic theory of gravity from Dr. Ed Wilson, uh, a deceased medical doctor with a strong interest in subtle energy medicine, whom he had come to know through his work at the Monroe Institute. It's an example of the kind of knowledge that could be routinely available to us if we encouraged the developments of abilities uh, such as Bruce Moen demonstrated. In his third book, Voyages into the Afterlife, Bruce took the reader on several interesting voyages. He gets first-hand exposure to some of the details involved in managing the coordination of events in time. I'll repeat that now. First-hand exposure to some of the details involved in managing the coordination of events in time on the part of those responsible for such things. You might recall Betty White, Betty White did some uh, coordination of events in order to get her husband uh, contacted with. Apparently, <clears throat> the, uh, the people who uh, are responsible for coordinating the events were getting prepared for a near-term large-scale reduction of the human population sometime in, within a century or so. They explain briefly why this is necessary. Bruce also learned that his connection with Bob Monroe was closer than he thought, 
But perhaps the most interesting and emotional parts of the book are those that describe how he learns to use pure, unconditional love energy. That's pure, unconditional love. And he he always used that P-U-L thing. Pure, unconditional love energy to help inhabitants of other universes experience emotions for the first time. Now, his abilities, which he maintained, all of us can develop to one degree or another. And his fascinating experiences are another dramatic example of the basic, enduring, fundamental truth that we are much more than we think we are. All right, that, uh, that concludes our discussion of Bruce Moen. That's M-O-E-N, by the way. Uh, our discussion of Bruce Moen. And in the uh, next session, we'll talk about a couple of other talented individuals who attended sessions at the Monroe Institute. Once again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.